Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. another episode of the championship roundtable podcast i'm your host james vickers you can find me on twitter at underscore james vickers and i write for a preston north end fan blog which is at deepdale digest hello i'm lee jenkins i'm a sheffield Wednesday supporter and you can follow me on twitter at second touch tackle on my personal account at jenk 16 Hi, I'm Russ Goldman. I am a forum supporter and I have a podcast called Cottage Talk. You can follow me on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman and also at the Twitter account for Cottage Talk, simply Cottage Talk. Cheers for joining me today, guys. It's a bit of a weird one, really. Obviously, we've had the first international break now, so there's obviously no games to review from, from the week just gone by. So I thought what we'd do is we'd talk about, obviously it was the transfer deadline day a few days ago. We'll sort of do sort of almost like a summary show of our transfer windows as a whole deadline day and how, how we think our season's gone so far. So I wanted to start obviously deadline day. Um, it's, it's sort of the main day of the transfer window, really. There's obviously the drama on Sky Sports News that there was an interesting piece out with uh, the Sheffield United manager, sort of highlighting how deadline seems to go. So it was quite interesting to see that. So I wanted to start with you, Lee, just sort of run us through Sheffield Wednesday's deadline day. Were you happy with the deals done, sort of, if any? And and was there anything that you would have changed about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, deadline day uh, seemed to go pretty quiet for us. Um, no major transfers. The only surprising one really was to hear of the uh, loan swap deal with uh, Sam Winnell going to Derby and Jacob Butterfield coming the other way. Um, we did manage to bring in two uh, relatively unknown uh, central defenders, which were vital, really. We were crying out for central defenders. Um, so that was uh, van Aiken and Frederico Venasio. As you can tell, I have no idea who they are, um, if they're any good or not, but um, they're part of the squad, and it's a position that we were really looking to fill. And um, like I said, pretty quiet really. The shot really one was uh, was winner leaving. Um, I didn't see that coming for a player who we only signed sort of just before deadline day in January for him to obviously be leaving us already. Um, there is some rumours that some unrest between him and Forestieri may be the reason why he's gone out on loan. But for us, deadline day seemed relatively quiet. Um, in terms of the, the transfers overall, the only other additional, uh, apart from those, has been George Boyd. Um, so for us, deadline this summer and deadline day itself has been relatively um, relatively quiet. I think we did most of our transfers sort of January time last year with the likes of Jordan Rhodes and obviously Sam Winnell coming in. So um, deadline day for me um, didn't really live up to the expectations of all the... Uh, the stuff that you see on Sky Sports really bigging it up for me, it was a bit of a letdown, to be honest. 
Yeah, it was sort of similar. Obviously, I'll get onto it in a bit of, of how Preston's was really. Um, were you expecting any sort of more signings to come in that, that obviously didn't materialise, or were you sort of content with with what actually did come in? Well, I, I'm really, really uh, concerned that we allowed players like Ali Dean to join Birmingham and even Grant Hanley to join Norwich. Um, these are the centre defenders that we will sort of need in within the squad to really take us to the next level. It's a concerning area for me and for many of the supporters. We need a strength in that area. And two experienced central defenders have allowed to join our rivals, really. And it never seemed like we were ever in, in with the mix of getting these players. And instead, we've signed two young players that are um, inexperienced and, you know, I, Everyone looks good on YouTube and I've seen clips of them on YouTube. They look good players, but I couldn't tell you who they are and whether they're going to add to our squad, our first team. So I'm just really surprised that a club like ours who were supposed to be pushing for promotion this season, we've missed out on some really good experienced players. Um, That's the only sort of letdown for me. But I don't think, um, if you look at our squad, we're in sort of any major concerns. I'm, I'm not worried about any one position. If anything, we've got probably too big a squad going into the season. We've got sort of 30, 30, 35 players that all could potentially play that are all going to want to play at some point and potentially it's going to be a struggle keeping them all happy. Um, but I'm not too concerned. It's just I would have liked us to have gone and made a marquee central defender our big signing um, leading up to the transfer deadline. Yeah, the same question to you really, Russ. Obviously, the main sort of of highlight of your summer, I think, has been keeping hold of Tom Kearney. I know there was a lot of interest from Premier League clubs in particular. Um, sort of run us through deadline day on a, as a whole for Fulham and, and sort of the rest of the summer. Sure. Well, deadline day certainly wasn't boring for me. And I don't mean that in a positive way because there was a good amount of speculation going on on deadline day involving Dwight, Dwight Gale with, uh, with Newcastle United. And then for some reason, there was speculation involving a swap with uh, – Dwight Gale and uh, uh, Tom Kearney, which was never going to happen, but somehow that got that got linked that there was a uh, interest from uh, from Newcastle United in Tom Kearney, but there was no way that they were going to do that. But again, that made for an interesting last few hours of the uh, transfer window. In regards to the last few days, that's where things really started to heat up, and it started with Sone Aluko going to Reading, and uh, I'm one that did not want to see Sone Aluko go. I, I think he's valuable to how Fulham wanted to play. He wasn't clinical enough, so he is replaceable, and, and uh, uh, I have a good feeling that Fulham will be okay without him, but I just didn't want to see a player that was integral to what we did last season leave. But he does leave. They got a huge fee for him. It's reported uh, with add-ons to, that it could go up to £7.5 million pounds which is an incredible for a player that they got on a free uh, the prior season so money wise it makes sense but that all leads to well how do you replace him what comes in after that and what Fulham had done since that they brought in uh, a couple of players and one was Jordan Graham that they brought on loan highly regarded from uh, from Wolves and uh, everyone that I hear from with Wolves tell us that that he's really going to uh, work out well for us. And, and this was quite a coup as, as uh, what I've been told from uh, people that follow Wolf. So uh, I'm happy to see Fulham bring in another winger. Then they brought in another winger. His name's Johan Molo on a free from Zenit St. Petersburg. And uh, again, no money transferred here. So, so fans are, are doubting this move. But everything that I've read about this player and uh, watched on this player, 
I'm encouraged. And uh, we're just going to have to wait and see how he works out. But uh, he's got a lot of pace. And that's what Fulham need. Fulham need wingers with pace. And uh, basically, it looks like they got that with Graham and Molo. Uh, unfortunately for Fulham supporters, when they when they see a move uh, letting a player go for that amount in regards to Sonny Luca, you're expecting them to replenish that with with players coming in on fees. And that did not happen. There was much speculation, like I mentioned, with Dwight Gale. And then, of course, uh, there was speculation with, with Forstieri. I don't know how real that was, but there was speculation with that. And a few other players as well, but they never got anything over the line. Uh, for me, I'm happy with the window. I think they had a very successful window. I've said this. Regardless of the players that they brought in, the two players that they kept, Tom Kearney and Ryan Session, signing those players to contracts is massive. Uh, that, to me, was, was a win regardless of who else came in. But they've added a lot of players. I believe it was 11. And um, they brought in two strikers, Rui Fon, who I think is going to really work out for them, scored against Ipswich Town. Looks like the striker that they really do need. And then Abubakar Kamara, more of a raw talent, another striker coming from France. So they brought in a good amount of players, Oliver Norwood from, from Brighton, Shea Ojo on loan from Liverpool. They have some talent. Uh, but Fulham fans look at, you know, the amount of money that 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 went out and it never never was brought back in, and maybe that'll happen in January. But overall, I'm really happy with with a window. The only position that I was looking for w- for them to add to was uh, was to potentially bring in another center back. They didn't do that, uh, and like we're talking about, maybe a striker. But beyond that. They've really helped themselves out a great deal in this window, and I think the window's been a success for Fulham. Yeah, obviously, you touched on it there. I think we had you on first or second week of the season, and you were sort of saying that Fulham really sort of needed another attacking player. You've you've managed to bring in that now, obviously, with Rui Font. Do you think that the squad is well-placed to mount sort of a... Obviously, you started a bit sort of shakily. Do you think the yeah. squad is sort of poised now to make a real sort of go at automatic promotion this season? Or would you have liked to see, as you mentioned, another centre-back come in? I think that we are. It's funny because uh, I would like to see them bring in another striker. Maybe that'll happen in January and, and maybe a, a centre-back for uh, for just another option. But I, I'm happy with the centre-backs that they have. I, I just think that the squad is still a little light. Uh, I heard Lee talking about that his squad is uh, is is heavy, and that's great. Ours is light. Uh, again, they've added some depth, but for me, not enough depth in several positions, center back being one and striker being another. We have a huge amount of wingers now, and that just tells you the direction that Savis is going. He, We were just talking about this on Cottage Talk. It really is about the wingers in the midfield three working together and then the strikers scoring the goals. Uh, but... We have so many options now uh, with these wingers. It's going to be exciting to see how it all plays out. I like what I've seen from Shea Ojo. Uh, you know, again, we'll have to see how Jordan Graham and Johan Molo work out. Um, and and we also got a got a left back on loan from from Portugal by the name of Rafa Soares, who was actually linked to Liverpool at one point. So we brought in a bunch of players, and we just have to see how it all works out. But honestly. I was so encouraged after the Ipswich Town match because I actually said to Dan Bloom, who's who's been on this show, he, he was talking to me about his team and my worry that, that it hadn't clicked yet. And I said, well, I said to him that once it clicks, 
I, I said, it's not a, not a matter of uh, if, it's when. I said, we can go on a run. And now I've seen it against Ipswich Town, and I'm feeling pretty good moving forward. I think Fulham can contend for automatic promotion. Uh, unfortunately, they had some tough matches to start the season, but I think we're ready to move on now. Yeah, sort of moving on to Preston, it's it's almost like a, a mix between the two of you, as you two mentioned. Obviously, deadline day for us was a slight letdown in the sense that we didn't manage to bring anyone in. Um, but as far as outgoings are concerned, we we got rid of Liam Grimshaw off the books. He was a centre mid signed, similar time to Ben Pearson when we got him from Man United. And and what's been interesting really about our transfer sort of policy over the last few seasons, we've brought in young, hungry players who aren't getting a look in at Premier League teams. So you've got the likes of Josh Harrett, Ben Pearson. We've got a young lad from Arsenal on loan called Steffi Mavididi. Um, and it's it's about giving these lads a chance, obviously. The amount of young players that we are bringing in, there is going to be sort of the odd one like a Grimshaw who, for whatever reason, doesn't settle. Um, he's been sent out now on a free transfer to Motherwell. Um, so wish him all the best of luck there. Got nothing against him as a person. He always seemed to work hard. Just unfortunately, there was that little bit of sort of ability lacking. Um, the other player that we managed to get rid of, which was sort of quite a delight, was Owen Doyle. Um, he's gone on loan till January to Oldham. Um, it was... Probably Grayson's worst bit of transfer business. We offered him a three-year deal after having him on loan for a season where he didn't particularly impress. So a few eyebrows were raised at the time when we did offer him that deal. So we've managed to obviously get him off the books now till January. And I, I sort of fully expect him to go back on loan to sort of whether it be Oldham or Plymouth were interested. Someone like that come January and then him to go in the summer. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, I think we are still light in a few areas. I think what's been positive, and I've mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast, is Alex Neal has turned to youth. Um, he's brought in Ben Davis, who was really sort of cast aside by Grayson. He, he'd spent loan spells at non-league clubs. But under Alex Neal, he looks a completely different player. He's a left-back by trade, but he's slotted in at centre-half this season next to Paul Huntington. And he's been one of our best defenders. Um, can't fault the guy. Um, but obviously, when you've got a player who last season was playing non-league football, there is that concern that obviously Tom Clark, the club captain, is out injured well until the new year. So sort of another injury and we are really scraping at the barrel then. Um, the same situation at left back, obviously. We have got Kevin O'Connor, who we brought in in the summer. He was thought to be the the replacement left back should Greg Cunningham get injured, which he has done now, and he's out until the new year. Um, but rather than going for O'Connor, quite surprisingly, Alex Neal's gone for uh, a young lad called Josh Earl, who's a first-year pro. He's come through the academy and been under his first sort of senior contract in the summer. Um, Six-foot left back, great pace going forward, and he's been absolutely fantastic so far. He um, kept Stuart Downing quiet when he came on against Middlesbrough. Um, which in itself is no easy task. And he's slotted in as if he's been playing for us for sort of three or four years. So that's really encouraging. Just obviously you would have liked maybe a loan sign in here or there to sort of help pad out those injuries. But as far as um, sort of the defence is going, there were concerns. But, you know, we haven't conceded a goal from open play yet in the league against probably five of our hardest games that we're going to have this season. So, you know, really encouraging signs, although a little bit disappointed not to actually bring someone in. 
Um, the transfer window as a whole really has been quite encouraging. Obviously, we had Grayson depart halfway through after signing a few players, and then Alex Neal's come in and brought in Darnell Fisher from Rotherham, who's a right back. Um, sort of seeing the reaction on Twitter off Rotherham fans, most Preston fans, for sort of what have we done in signing this guy? But fair play to the lad, he's been absolutely fantastic. I think the difference in playing week in, week out in a team that's actually capable of defending rather than playing in, obviously, a Rotherham team that was leaking goals left, right and centre last season has done him no end of good. Um, he looks a completely different player to the player that was playing against us twice last season. So if he carries on improving, you know, we've got a real asset on our hands there. Um, a new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I just wanted to quickly ask both of you, obviously we touched on it a bit, but obviously now the transfer window's shut, do you think that your squads are in? I'd call it sort of a, a better position than you were at the end of last season, obviously, with regards to incomings and, and outgoings. Um, we'll start with you on this one, Lee. Do you think Sheffield Wednesday are better or worse than they were at the end of last season? Uh, yeah, I think um, the, the team is is obviously stronger um, in terms of the odd couple of players that we have brought in. Um, what you're also seeing is um, potential the players like Jordan Rose, who we signed sort of towards the end of last season, Hopefully now after the pre-season and um, the, once the season starts going, we, we will be a stronger team for that. Um, in terms of the areas that we needed to strengthen, uh, which were central defence, we, we've obviously brought players in for that. Um, they are young players, so potentially we're going to need to give them time to sort of settle. Um, but like I've touched on already, we've got a really strong squad already. So um, the only concern I've got is... Um, some of those players like George Boyd that we brought in haven't really um, hit the ground yet, um, likewise with Jordan Rhodes. But like I say, I think it's only time um, before they sort of settle and really start and kick on. And um, we, we will only be stronger and better for the players that we brought in. George Boyd, you know, he, he was playing in the Premiership last season um, and his experience and his quality will hopefully um, shine. And towards the end of the season, 
when it gets to the sort of nitty gritty, that's that's the time when these kind of players will hopefully prove prove their worth for us. Um, like I said, Butterfield coming in on deadline day, uh, it's a position that I didn't really think we needed to strengthen him, but he's another good player, and uh, I've seen him over the years. He, he's a very good footballer, and that's that's the kind of players that we're trying to attract at the club. Good footballers. We just need to obviously uh, start and see the performances improve, uh, which I hope they will. And potentially we're in a stronger position than where we were last year. And we weren't a million miles away last year. We've just really got to, uh, all these players that we have got, like I said, we've got a massive squad. We've got to find the right combinations and really get into the nitty-gritty part of the season and hopefully we'll be we'll be up there again. Um, I'm not too concerned about any particular position. Uh, like I said, we've got strength in depth. Um, the biggest headache for Carlos is really... Uh, and I think it's evidently so far in the season is is picking his strongest eleven for each individual game. That's been his biggest problem. We've got far too many players to sort of narrow it down. Sometimes I think that's where we've kind of looked a little bit um, off the pace, and it's just finding those right combinations. Um, whether that be Ooper and Rhodes up top, or whether it be Ooper and Fletcher, it's just those little things that we've got to iron out. But the squad, I'm really comfortable with where we are. We just it's just all about performances now. Yeah, and the same question to you, Russ. Um, obviously, I'd imagine sort of the answer um, is pretty obvious, keeping hold of a few key players from last season. But sure. how do you see the squad sort of compared to the end of last season? Do you think there's been improvements made to it, or were you happier sort of at the end of last season with the squad? I'm definitely happier with with the team that we have going forward. Partially for what you just said, it, it also has to deal with continuity. We, yes, we kept our key players, but. The other players uh, in the starting 11 that did stay, they're still there and they're getting better and they're playing more time together. So the more that all these players have been together, the continuity is going to get stronger and stronger. For me, it really is about keeping the midfield three intact. Johansson, McDonald, and Kearney. The three of them are still there. That's the engine room. Those three are intact. Everything else can take off from there. Uh, like I said, we now have all this pace on the wings. What's great is that we have Sessegnon, who can be our left back, but can also play in the midfield as well. Pace. It's all about pace in the midfield three, and then you have two strikers. Like I said, we have a raw striker and a Bubakar Kamara. I think he's eventually going to do a nice job for us. I think he's just uh, adapting to playing in England, and it might take him a little bit, but he has that want. You see him. He wants to play well. He already has that desire. The big difference for me be, besides what I've just talked about is at striker. If you take away Chris Martin, who did not want to be with a club in the end, let's be honest here, he wanted to go back to Derby County, you have a striker that's already let the fans know that he wants to be a full, and that's Rui Font. And he looks like a proper striker. He looks like he fits. All the pieces seem to fit. Now it's about the engine running together as a unit, if if everything runs together, Fulham are definitely going to be better. And uh, that's why I think we are a better team. But on, that's on paper. We have to see it all play out. But on top of it, with the midfield three, they, they actually brought in a couple players to really uh, help out in case one is not going to be there. We have Ibrahim Assise as more of a replacement for Kevin McDonald if he got injured and cannot play. You have him in there now. Uh, Oliver Norwood can play all three of the midfield three positions, so he's extremely valuable. Uh, that, to me, is is what's going on there, is that, that last season, if one of those midfield three got injured, we were going to be in trouble. We now have cover there. We have 
two strikers that want to be with the club, apparently. And we have all of this pace on the wings. And then if you look at, at, at the center backs, they're both intact. Yes, I want more cover there. But you have Tim Ream and Tomas Kallis. And then you have Ryan Fredericks, who looked sharp at the beginning of the season. And on the left, you have your option of Ryan Session and Rafa Soros, who we have not seen yet. So we have many options. And what's interesting so far, uh, when I look at Fulham's season, uh, not enough has been talked about is that we're not giving up a lot of goals. Uh, David Button, David Button looks really solid so far. That's been a bonus. He looks very confident back there. And then, of course, we have Marcus Bettinelli. So if the defense stands up and actually improves from last season, we certainly have a shot for, for automatic promotion. Yeah, and just touching on Preston, I think obviously when McGeady went in the summer and then obviously Grayson went, there was sort of very little chance of him coming back then, even though he was sort of at the time quite vocal about the fact he wanted to come back. He had enjoyed the football. I think it was more so the the opportunity of working with Grayson. So as soon as he went across to Sunderland, it was almost a no-brainer for McGeady to, to obviously hop over there. And quite a lot of fans were understandably upset by it. Obviously, he was sort of our, our driving force really last season and could win us a game single-handedly. But there's been sort of a few fans that I've had a chat to, and I think at times last season, we were almost over-reliant on him. So in the sense that if he had a bad game, the team had a bad game, we became almost at times quite one-dimensional. It was get the ball to McGeady and, and let him produce something. Um, so while it was sad to see him go, obviously he's not getting any younger. Um, and, and the likes of players that we've brought in, such as Sean Maguire, and we've got Mavididi off Arsenal, Tam Barkus, and is now into his first proper full season with us we've got Josh Harrop we've got plenty of young exciting attacking options Callum Robinson again um to name another one and and I think while there was that disappointment of losing McGeady and quite a lot of people thought it would weaken the squad I think so far we've seen this season even though we haven't scored the goals yet we've been playing some really good attacking football which over the last few years it's, it's sort of been lacking really um under Grace and obviously we did extremely well and it's not a knock on Grayson but we didn't play sort of the most attractive football that that quite a lot of Preston fans want want the team to play so I think in the sense of losing McGeady it does weaken us slightly for that creativity but I think we've got more than enough about us this season now with with the youngsters that we've brought in who are young and hungry to to really make a name for themselves Ben Pearson again in midfield he's been absolutely fantastic so far this season and I think in the sense of having one superstar player or a team of really capable players who great sort of, we brought them in on more or less absolutely nominal fees. We haven't paid, I don't think over 200,000 for any of the players that we've brought in to get all these players in who, you know, we're going to have great sell on values, things like that, who can really push us to the next level. I think in that sense, we are stronger. The only sort of concern for me, and I touched on it earlier, would be I'd be at centre back um, and in defence as a whole. We've lost Tom Clark, the club captain, and then we've lost Greg Cunningham, who was then filling in for Tom Clark as the club captain. Um, both to long term knee injuries, so they're going to be out well into the new year. Um, so the the positive, obviously, as I mentioned, the two young lads coming in, Paul Huntington, who's now taken over captaincy, has been absolutely fantastic again. Um, it's hard to think a couple of years ago that Simon Grayson was prepared to let him go on a free transfer down to League Two football. Um, ever since then, I think during that season, come the January when he was rumoured to be leaving, 
I think he ended up scoring about seven goals, including one in the playoff final the year we got promoted. And since then, he's been absolutely solid for us. He's not blessed with sort of the most pace in the world. He's similar almost to a Mertesacker, that kind of player. Um, so playing, I think, which has really helped Ben Davis is Ben Davis, who's been playing alongside him, has that pace. And they work really well together, the same as Clark and Huntington did last season. So we are a little weaker in defence. Obviously, you're going to miss your player of the year for the last two seasons, Greg Cunningham and your club captain. But there's signs there that this defence is really starting to gel together. Um, you wouldn't have thought it when you saw it. You thought it was almost sort of a second string defence that you'd play in, you know, like a League Cup game or a pre-season game that you weren't sort of too bothered about the result. It was more about sort of getting legs, that kind of game. But, you know, no complaints so far. We've still not conceded from open play. We're the only team in the division not to do that. Um, and the only goal we've conceded has been at Derby from a penalty. So as long as they're keeping clean sheets, you know, I've got no complaints in net. We've got rid of Anders Lindegaard, who was on probably the highest amount of wages at the club. And we've brought back Declan Rudd from Norwich, who we had a couple of years ago on loan. So for the first time in a long time, we've actually got two goalkeepers that, you know, can make a claim for for both being number one goalkeepers, which is, you know, the strength in depth in the forward department and the goalkeeping department is, is brilliant at the moment. It's just that little spine of the team that, you know, we could come undone with if we get another injury or two or a suspension. Um, but at the moment, you know, I'd, I'd say we're, we're stronger than last season. Um, but time will tell. Obviously, it's still early days um, and we'll see if... Obviously, the defence as a whole can can keep tight and keep goals out. And if the forwards can start to gel, um, the lack of goals really has been the only concern so far. But it's going to take, you know, a lot of new players, especially attacking players all playing together uh, that time to gel. So coming back after the international break and, you know, work on the training ground over this last week and a half, it will be really interesting to see um, to see what sort of impact they can have then on our first game back against Barnsley um the next subject I wanted to touch on is I had it down as sort of two topics but I think we can sort of merge it into one um we'll start with you on this one Russ obviously I had down on the topics which team had um started the season and sort of surprised you really obviously there's been a few teams that many people wouldn't have tipped to be up there that are up there you know you've got Cardiff who are unbeaten so yep. far and other teams near the top. Um, and also tying into that, how has your team's sort of start to the season um, sort of, has it impressed you? Has it disappointed you? Okay, well, let's start with the teams that have uh, started strong. And uh, listen, I just saw Ipswich Town, and uh, I have nothing against Ipswich Town. I, I think that they have the potential to be top eight, top ten by the end of the season if they keep up what they're doing. I've been impressed with what Mick has done to get that team to where they need to be with all the injuries that they've had. That's been impressive. Cardiff City obviously doing something good too. But what's interesting about these two teams, and it's something that Dan Bloom from uh, from um, from his podcast, from the Blue Monday podcast, said to me, and and uh, Lee, I think this actually would pertain to you, to to Reading, to Brentford, teams like us that are passing teams that that like to dominate the play. I think what what is going to transpire over the course of the season. He has a theory that over ten to fifteen games. The passing teams will start to take over over teams like Cardiff and also like uh, like uh, Ipswich Town that, that that have a certain style, and we'll see if that plays out. But I have been impressed by both of those teams so far. They they've really done well. Believe it or not, I've also been impressed by Sheffield Wednesday, and that might surprise some for me saying that Sheffield Wednesday have have actually impressed me because, and they're still my pick to win the division, and this is why. 
They come to Fulham when Fulham needed the victory. Both teams needed the victory. Sheffield Wednesday did what they had to do to get the victory. It reminded me of when Brighton came to Craven College last season. Knowing how to, to win a match in a very difficult situation, that will, that will actually help them a great deal as the season progresses. They should be much higher up the table. They impress me. I think, I think uh, Fulham's season so far has been a little bit of a disappointment, but I think part of that comes down to injuries. Tom Kearney hasn't been fully fit. He just really looked, looked like the old Tom Kearney against Ipswich Town. So um, we're dealing with that continuity, everyone getting getting back to full fitness. Once that is really transpired, I think Fulham are going to kick on. But I think the disappointing part has been the fact that we've had these tough games and uh, we haven't really had many points to show for it. You know, six points is not enough. But uh, I think over the course of the season, I think right now, we have the opportunity to, to potentially go on a run. So even though I'm disappointed, I see the futures being bright, not just for Fulham, but like I mentioned, for Sheffield Wednesday as well. Yeah, and the same question to you, really, Lee. Which teams have impressed and disappointed you, and how would you rate your team start to the season? Uh, yeah, like, like Russ has just touched, I think, uh, Cardiff, uh, for obvious reasons, you know, five games, five wins. Uh, would would obviously have surprised a lot of people to be at the top of the league uh, so so early on in the season. Um, I also picked out Leeds as well. Obviously losing uh, Gary Monk, I, I did feel they might struggle this season, but uh, they they've had a relatively good start to the season. A um, couple of players have have been brought in and really impressed, um, and, and they've not lost yet this season. So they they've been a bit of a surprise package. Um, like Russ has just touched, I think um, I'm, I'm relatively, I'm sort of on the on the fence really with our starts of the season. I think Russ is 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 right to highlight the fact that we had a very impressive win against Fulham, um, and that definitely stands out as our um, best game so far this season, uh, results-wise and performance-wise. The other results have left a little bit to be desired so far, and I think. A lot of that comes down to the expectation. I think the expectation around the club from the fans uh, is is rising with each season. And, you know, we're expecting great performances every week. We're expecting players to give 100% and win every tackle and, and, and pass teams off the park and then go and win 2 and 3 nil. And obviously, the championship, as we all know, that doesn't, that doesn't happen every week. And for us, uh, we've picked up some decent results. Um, we've currently got more points this season than we have done in the previous two seasons after five games so you've got to look at the positives I think uh, there's, there's still a few issues that we need to iron out uh, and hopefully that will come I think um, if you looked at the, the, the teams that were in the league at the start of the season you would have picked quite a few teams who were towards the bottom end that you would feel would do well. Um, for example, Birmingham, you know, Aries works his magic in the transfer window. And they're currently, I think they're in 20th position and they can only improve by the players that they've signed. So you would see them rise quite quickly. Uh, likewise with Sunderland and Villa, I think I had expectations for both those clubs this season. I know Sunderland came down, but with the budget expectations that they've got to, to bring people in as well, I, I thought they would do well. Um, and they, they've not had a great start. So it's, it's a mixed bag, really. I, I agree with Russ as well. The, the teams that you expect to come to the top of the table will find their feet over the next few games. And I think you would have a much clearer picture after sort of 10 to 15 games of where people are going to be. Um, 
I think there's quite a lot of rumblings within the uh, Wednesday supporters that, you know, Carlos is under quite a bit of pressure at the moment. And although that might surprise a few people, once again, I don't get I it, Lee. Once... I got to be honest with you. I just don't get it. <laughs> I know I, I know what you're saying. I, like I said, I, I've been a really big fan of him and um, I've had the pleasure to sort of speak to him uh, on, on occasion. I think for me, He's, he's a perfect manager for the club. He fits the yeah. club. Um, but I just I do think there is some questions to be raised around some of his tactical decisions at times. Um, and I think, it, like with anything, you know, once the pressure gets on, people start to pick up on every single decision he makes and uh, the pressure sort of mounts a little bit. And I think he is under a little bit of pressure from some of the, the supporters. But, you know, we've got to be... We've got to be realistic, you know, we've, we've got a big squad, we've got a lot of good players, a lot of players who would fit into most of the other championship teams, if we we're honest. Um, you know, we're only early into the season, performances haven't been great, but, you know, we're not too far off, you know. Uh, games that we've lost, uh, likewise, on the first game of the season, uh, to our team, James, we, you know, we lost 1-0. We're not a million miles off. We've we've drawn a couple of games against Sunderland and QPR. We had a good win at Fulham. So we're not a million miles off. It's just, um, I think some of the frustration from the playoff games against Huddersfield last season where we felt we were a little, little bit negative. Some of those feelings and those tactics are being used at the start of this season. And I think um, the fans want us to play a bit more attractive football. And hopefully that will come. Um, confidence will come from results. And I think once we start picking up some results, we will hopefully see a, a much better, better performance from the team and the fans will get back on side. But I think uh, the expectation around the club is that we will be fighting for playoff spots this season. I think that ultimately could uh, cause Carlos quite a lot of problems because if we're not in that position come sort of Christmas time, there'll be a lot of people sort of voicing their concerns, especially around the grounds at home games and stuff like that. So I do think it's it's been a, an okay start. We've got a lot lot of things that we can improve. Um, I hope they do improve pretty pretty soon. But, you know, um, we've just got to continue building on these performances and keep picking up the points and taking the positives from the start of the season that we've had. Um, I know, Russ, you, you're right, it is a bit strange, but looking in... From our sort of point of view, we the football's not been great so far, and we've just got to try and um, hopefully get possession and starting to play a bit more attractive football, which will come, I'm sure. Yeah, and just touching on Preston, I think obviously when Simon Grayson left in the summer, and then the fixtures came out, and the teams that we were sort of due to play at the start of the season, you had obviously your Middlesbroughs, your Derbys, your Leeds away, and then. Sheffield Wednesday and Reading at home it was quite a daunting start especially considering there'd be a new manager coming in and not many fans were optimistic really but fair play to Alex Neely's come in and he's slotted in as if it's his obviously like his second or third season he's really sort of got the the team on board quickly and they've really bought into his philosophy um what's been impressive is is obviously the manner of, of the performances so far we've looked really tight and we've looked like a team that are capable of challenging for the playoffs which if you'd have asked me at the end of last season kicking on with grace and i thought yeah you know we've got a good chance of of competing but then obviously grayson goes and you you think okay this season it's about a new manager coming in bit of stability you take mid-table and, and sort of go from there. But, you know, they've they've been fantastic so far. And if they can just add a little bit more sort of in the final third and take the chances that they're creating, uh, there's no reason why we can't continue to push on for 
for the playoffs. Um, sort of teams that have impressed me, obviously, Lee mentioned Leeds, I think. Um, Christiansen's come in and done a fantastic job so far. It was never going to be easy replacing Gary Monk, um, who sort of seems to be quite a competent manager at this level. Um, he's come in and he's got them playing good football. And I expect them to be right up there come the end of the season. Um, one that I wanted to touch on, and uh, obviously Lee being a Sheffield Wednesday fan, it might hurt him for me to say this, but I think Sheffield United have impressed so far. Um, they've really turned Bramall Lane into a fortress, which when any team comes up from obviously a lower division, their home form is going to be key for them, um, sort of cementing their place in, in the league and, you know, mounting sort of, a serious push to stay in the division and you know they've won all three of their home games so far they could have picked up obviously a point away on the road but they haven't so far but you know nine points from five games three wins out of three at home and they seem to be doing all the right things there it's just whether they can start picking up points away from home and and sort of see where that takes them um just wanted to move on now obviously um the international breaks uh, more or less over now um we'll all be playing again next weekend and i just wanted to quickly preview um the game for next weekend obviously lee you um played nottingham forest at home i think that's the the sky game at half past five yeah. on the saturday evening um how do you see that game going yeah um a tricky game um i'm never confident with games on sky I, Probably sounds daft, but we never. There's only on rare occasions, potentially the last few seasons against Newcastle, where we've we've really performed when we've been on Sky. Um, Nottingham Forest, they've had a really good start to the season. Uh, obviously, uh, a manager who's highly rated in Mark Warburton as well. I think for me, they, they look really well. Um, it's going to be tricky. Um, one thing that you can guarantee, obviously, with home games, uh, will be it'll be a full stadium. Um, We'll really get behind the team. Um, I think it'll be a strong team as well in the sense that, you know, deadline's over with now. We we know what we've got. Um, Carlos will hopefully start and pick uh, the best 11 that he feels because um, I don't think that's necessarily happened so far this season. But I think going into this game, we can really make a, a stand now. Uh, we've got a really, really tricky September. Um, so I know you've, you've touched on sort of Cardiff and... Uh, we've also got Sheffield United to play in September, uh, along with Birmingham. So, you know, we've got some tricky games coming up. So I think for me, it'd be key that now the international break's over, we've, we get off to a good start really in September. Um, I think I'm not too worried about any one particular player from Forest. I think they've just seemed to have really gelled really well and they've got them playing uh, in an attractive way. Um but I think the strength of our squad, um, I'm just hoping that we're going to start and find Jordan Rhodes and Forestier. Now all the issues seem to be behind him. Um, really sort of step, step their game up, really. Um, I know Russ touched on there was potential talk of him going to Fulham in the transfer deadline, but I don't think that was ever really on the cards. And I think it was just a matter of um, once we got Winnell out of the way that potentially Forestier would, would, would find his A game again. And I'm hoping that this is going to be the start of his season, really. He's not really performed um, at all. And he's a big player for us. So I'm looking forward to, to the game. I think it'll be a good game, attractive game. And one that um, for any team looking to progress and, and sort of move up the table, home games are, are really important. And we need to have three points from this. No matter who we're playing, we need to win our own games. We've already drawn three games, which is a third of our overall games that we drew for the whole of last season so 
you know, we can't afford any more draws. We need to start and, and turn these draws into wins and starting with Saturday, really. Yeah, and the same question to you, Russ. Uh, sort of a quick preview about sure. uh, sort of Fulham's game. Um, I believe, let me just grab it off my notes. Should be Big more game. prepared. Uh, Cardiff at home, yeah, obviously they're unbeaten. How do you see the yep. game going? This is a tough one because uh, Fulham are coming off uh, a big victory over Ipswich Town. So now we're playing the team near the top of the table along with them in Cardiff City. It's a home match. It's a big match like we're talking about before. You have to win your home matches. This is a team that has given Fulham fits. I'm talking about under Warnock. uh, The last season gave us fits, so it's not going to be easy. But um, if Fulham want to progress, these are the matches they have to win. It's a wonderful opportunity it's not going to be easy because Warnock will set his team up to uh, frustrate Fulham. But if Fulham are patient and do what they need to do and, and believe in Slavice's system, I think they can win this match. But it, it's a true test. And uh, and uh, I look forward to it. And uh, But it, it certainly is not going to be easy. Uh, but, but yes, this is a big match for Fulham at home on Saturday against uh, Carter City. Yeah, and just moving on to Preston, obviously we've got a tricky game at home to Barnsley. They've almost been a bogey team for us in the last few seasons. So it'll be interesting, obviously, to see to see how it pans out. Um, we've won both our home games so far, so obviously we want to keep that going. Um, Deepdale, really, in the last few years has been a fortress. So if we can keep that going this season, it, it'll stand us in good stead for, for ultimately potentially re- reaching the playoffs, which, you know, is our aim. Um, but with that, we're out of time. Um, if both of you would like to tell everyone where they can find you, now would be a good time. Yes, yeah, so uh, Lee Jenkins, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Second Touch Tackle or my personal account at Jenks16. Okay, I'm at Russ underscore Goldman on Twitter and also Cottage Talk on Twitter. And uh, I just want to mention one thing. I think during the show I said that, uh, that Ben Bloom's name was Dan Bloom. And what's funny about this, and I'll make this quick, guys, is that I've been DMing back and forth with Ben and calling him Dan. And he just responds back, thanks, Steve. Because I kept calling him Dan. There's a there's a presenter over here by the name of Dan Bloom. So I apologize, Ben. If you listen to it, yes, I called you Dan again. I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore James Vickers. I'm the Preston North End fan on this podcast and also the host. And I also write for a Preston North End fan blog, which is at Deepdale Digest. Um, as I said, we're out of time and we'll be back next week previewing uh, the following week's matches and reviewing everything that happens at our clubs throughout this week. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.